our mission is to keep the tradition alive. It's up to us. It's our responsibility. Who else is going to do it? Hello, and welcome to the Redbox Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVD releases for Redbox. I'm your host, Bob Phelan. And I'm the new co-host here, Book <laughs> Yeah, welcome aboard. Coming yeah. over from the Red Belt Report, the MMA podcast that we do together, which I'm sure you've noticed in your iTunes feed if you're subscribed. But uh, yeah, this is Joel's brother, Brooks. He's helping me fill in here while Joel is away for work. Um, we're not quite sure when he'll be back, but he will be back. And uh, Yeah, he joined the boy Peace Corps, he's an <laughs> Yeah, he's really put in some good work. So <laughs> send him your thoughts and prayers. Uh, but I'm, I'm not sure exactly who is always going to be with me on the episodes for the next couple months or whatever, but could be seeing a lot of Brooks, could be mixing in some other people, see how yeah. it goes. But uh, thanks for joining me. Yeah, no problem, man. I know you're always down to podcast and uh, absolutely wanted you to come on to review Get Out, which is yeah. the movie for the weekend. You say you're a horror movie guy, so I absolutely. figured <laughs> let's do top five horror movies of all time, which after 206 episodes, you would have thought we would have touched upon. Yeah, right? But we have. <laughs> That's crazy. Horror I know. Movies is like my shit. Yeah, we've done modern horror movies. I feel, I feel like we've done other things around it, but never just straight up best horror movies. Yeah. And Joel was notoriously not a fan of horror movies. Yeah, that's so, true. There's that. But yeah, we're also going to talk about The Godfather, which we both had a chance to go see in theaters this past weekend. And, of course, all the new trailers that have been released since our last episode. So, without too much... More wasting of your time. Let's get into the review for Get Out, which IMDb has the plot synopsis as It's time for a young African-American to meet with his white girlfriend's parents for a weekend in their secluded estate in the woods. But before long, the friendly and polite ambience, ambience will give away to a nightmare. And yeah, that's pretty much what happens. <laughs> that's yeah. your synopsis? Yeah, that's a, not the greatest synopsis. But uh, it pretty much gets the point across. But as far as before we get into the actual movie itself, what were you thinking expectations-wise coming in? I mean, this thing got great reviews. It had 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it made $250 million on like a $4.5 million, million budget and uh, was a huge success out of nowhere early in the year, February, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, like I had never heard anything about it and i had heard you know what was this king and peel is that his name oh it's directed by jordan peel who jordan peel yeah sorry. he's half of king peel so you you had the right yeah. idea but uh yeah he directed it and i had heard a lot about it like the first thing i heard like you said was it had a hundred percent rating on rotten tomatoes yeah it's for like, a long time hey, i gotta watch it yeah but um yeah, that's how I heard about it, and that's why I checked it out. Yeah, and as a horror movie guy, I mean, I don't think this is, like, a full-on horror. It's more of, like, a psychological thriller with some horror elements. 
Yeah, but, um, yeah. Yeah, did it live up to your lofty expectations? I, I think so, absolutely. I mean, it was, it was great all around. The production, the acting, the plot. Um, I, it didn't let me down by any means. It definitely threw me for a hook. Yeah, I, I completely agree. All the hype surrounding this movie. I knew it had to be good. I mean, we had Edgar Chaput on. Um, two uh, guest spots back when he came on. and uh, He said he saw it and enjoyed it. I listened to podcasts about it. You rarely heard a negative thing about it. So I'm sh- I was sure I would like it. I wasn't sure how much I would like it. But I, I greatly enjoyed it. I-, I thought it was really well done, like you said. Jordan Peele, directorial debut. Really, uh, I mean, this is a guy who's known for comedy, right? For Key and Peele. So the yeah, fact yeah. that he could come in here and really do a great job with like a serious... I mean, there's comedic elements, don't get me wrong, in the movie, which which were great to have, but also just nailed the cinematography, the filmmaking aspect, and the drama or horror of it all. He really did a great job. It was very well done. Yes, and uh, as far as the cast, you had Daniel Kaluuya. As, uh, he was in an episode of Black Mirror, which is a series that me and Joel reviewed not too long ago. Uh, Allison Williams played his, his girlfriend, and the parents were played by Bradley Whitford from Billy Madison, Catherine Keener. Uh, pretty good cast for someone making their directorial debut. What did you think of the performances, especially first let's talk about uh, the main guy, Daniel Kaluuya. What did you think? I mean, he had to kind of play it. He's kind of bland, blank, but I feel like that was intentional. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, um, you know, he plays like cool, just, you know, he's going to be eating the white girlfriend's parents and mingling with the white folk. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like he's got to be able to put yourself in his shoes, right? So he can't be too. Yeah, I mean, he's a blank slate. He's just. I'm. He's very similar in the Black Mirror episode that he was in. He was like. I don't know. I kind of like he did a good job. I think he's a decent actor. I just think he doesn't have much charisma. Yeah. But I I don't know if that was intentional or if that's just like his acting style. But I I think it worked. Plain and like I feel like it worked. Whether that was intentional or not, it worked for this movie because of course in the specific fear is that of a black guy who has to go meet, he's just secluded with her white family and how they start acting weird. And that's, of course, like being out of your element. Just, it's only natural. You're going to be a little wary. Yeah. yeah. But it's also that general fear. Like, I could completely relate, even though not in that exact way. Like, the, when you when I met my wife, now wife, it's like, okay, I'm going to go meet your family now. And it's like, you have, you're going to go somewhere where you have no idea who anybody is. Like, yeah. anything the could happen. Contact, That's just, what they're like. Yeah. Like, and then they, anybody can put themselves in that shoes. Yeah. And they start doing things that you're like, hmm, this is odd. Like, and, of course, your irrational worst fear is to take it to the level that the movie actually goes, right? So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was really cool how it hit upon both. Like, specifically, the black experience and, in general, just like anyone going – Somewhere where they're not familiar with anybody. 
Yeah. And uh, as far as his girlfriend, played by Allison Williams, who's in Girls, uh, thought she was fantastic. Like, played the role perfectly as, I don't know, um, we'll try to avoid spoilers the best we can. But uh, the way she has to play two different kind of sides, I thought she did a great job. It was- yeah, I thought she did a great job, too. I mean, she played, like, the white girlfriend introducing her boyfriend to her parents. Like, she tried to calm him down and be subtle. I mean, she played great. She definitely... Um, she did a great job. I mean, all around. She was nonchalant about the whole thing. Like, this is just my parents. This is her friends. Like, yeah. yeah, she seems completely normal. And, like, you can rely on what she's saying, like... She definitely feels like she's on his side. And then she also has to play another part, which uh, we'll get into in a little bit. But, yeah, I just felt like I could easily see it. I, it just worked for me. I don't know how to explain it without getting into spoilers right now. But Yeah, yeah. Um, she, she, she did a good job. And the parents, I thought, um, both did a really good job. Uh, Catherine Keener plays her mom, who's like, into hypnosis, which is really weird, and almost, like, scary in and of itself. Like, you're going to meet these people, you have no idea who they are, and the first thing you hear is, like, she's a hypnotist, and that she wants to hypnotize you to try to quit smoking. Like, that's kind of freaky. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's like, that part is crazy in itself, but... The whole aspect of it is creepy. Yeah, and then Bradley Whitford, who played the weasel in Billy Madison, right? Uh, and uh, now yeah. here he is as this dad with gray hair. And I thought he did a pretty good job, too, being like the creepy. Um, so, how long's this been going on? And yeah. <laughs> like, uh, he was saying, like, the with him is when you come across like this uh, passive racism, like. I think that the movie does a really good job of hitting on where, yeah, these are like middle class, liberal, or upper middle class, definitely, uh, liberal people who would probably just, you would never consider them racist, but even so, they're saying things that are not exactly, uh, they might think because they are liberal that uh, they can say these things, but they're still kind of inappropriate and can make uh, people uncomfortable, so I really liked how on point everything was as far as... as yeah, I like how like, the main character react to that. Too. Yeah, like, obviously this isn't as bad as just blatant racism. And obviously it's just, I like how you could see why it was still, like, not great. But he just played it off like, of course, like, this is his whole life. This is just what he's used to. Not a big deal. Yeah. You know, could be worse. Which, I mean, is kind of crazy that that's what you have to do, but it's the world we live in. And, uh, yeah, so I guess going back, we hit on, like, the biggest characters here. I wanted to touch upon the opening scene of the movie, which didn't have anything to do with Dan- Daniel Kaluuya or Allison Williams. It was actually uh, the guy played by Lakeith Stanfield, who was also in War Machine, which we'll talk about later. But he's just walking down the road. And all of a sudden, that white car pulls up alongside him, and it, that song starts playing, Run, Rabbit, Run, which is like yeah. a pop song, I think, from the 
30s or something like that and uh and they capture this guy and it's kind of <laughs> i i thought it was really effective like, yeah for sure like and it threw, throws you off like you don't know what the plot or anything is going to be at that point but it sets us it sets us the suspense for like the whole thing Mm-hmm. and just that song by itself if you would have heard it by itself, like whatever, it's just some weird old-timey song. But for whatever reason, in the context of what was going on on screen, it was like really creepy. Yeah. Right? It seemed, yeah, I don't know. I thought that was really effective, good choice of uh, song selection there. And yeah, definitely was something neat. I liked that it was a play on, and the, like the whole perspective. I like movies that put you in other people's perspectives, like... Normally, you'd see a white guy down in the city, you know, being scared of his surroundings because it's not as what he's naturally used to. This is kind of flips it on its head where it's this black guy walking in these dark suburbs and you can see, like, why that would be kind of scary. I guess we got to get into spoilers. It's tough to discuss it. Yeah, I would highly recommend it for anyone that doesn't want to hear about spoilers or hasn't seen it yet. I mean, a lot of people probably have already seen the movie. But I would yeah. definitely recommend it, whether you are into horror movies or not. I don't think it's like – I think you'll enjoy it. It's really well done. Yeah, I agree. I mean it's definitely worth a watch. Like it's – if you're like scared of horror movies, it's not like a big – like it's not gory or it's not terrifyingly nightmare scary. But it's got a good plot and it it definitely keeps you coming. Yeah, for sure. So – all right, now that we're able to talk spoilers, I want to just say about Allison Williams. Like, she's in it the whole in on it the whole time. Obviously, blows your mind. And yeah, it's like she seemed like the only person on his side, and that's like the ter- most terrifying part of it all is that like this is the girl <laughs> that he's in love with, or at least dating, and would think if it's to the point where he's meeting with her parents that like he thought he was in love. You with can him. trust her. Right, like that's the only person he knows, and I forgot to say that like they're having this party where like all their friends are coming and all this crazy stuff where yeah. it was supposed to just be meeting the parents, and this is the one person that he has where he can be like confide in, and then yeah. to have that trust just wiped out from under him like that is that's devastating. Yeah, that happens like later in the movie. I mean, like that happens much after the part of. Like when they're having the party and he talks to the one black dude there and he like has the systematic breakdown. Yeah, and it's the same guy from the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Which after the twist where you realize they are taking these black people's bodies and like putting white people's brains or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Somehow. I mean obviously I don't think that's humanly possible, but yeah. uh the supernatural element of like putting these old people who want to not they want to live forever basically right and uh put them in these young black bodies and yeah and he even does like a little history part right where it like tells where it's happened through history yeah yeah and uh but that party scene that was one of my favorite scenes in the movie when it's like hey man i see another brother and he goes to like give him a fist bump yeah and he's like so weird grabs his fist and uh, that was so creepy. That's when he knew something yeah. was weird. Then he's just like starting to falter 
and like break down like yeah his nose starts bleeding and he's like yeah that's when you actually hear him say get out get yeah, out yeah, it's like yeah. he's snapping out of it and like trying to warn him away which I just it was great yeah it was perfectly done I mean it was very suspenseful very it's a great it's, it's it'll go down to be an iconic scene I think yeah I agree and there's just all kinds of like creepy stuff like that throughout the movie that's like the movie's more creepy than horror yeah. like yeah and the, I mean I would definitely classify it as a horror movie but it is got creepy like suspenseful and thrillerish yeah like the groundskeeper in the middle of the night yeah. who's just like sprinting sprinting yeah right by him which is kind of messed up like it's this old guy who's in this young fit body he wants to test it out he looks like a stereotypical slave yeah yeah and it's yeah it's just so fucked up yeah and then he had sprinting like the olympics right at him and makes a 90 degree turn (laughs) yeah it's really creepy and then he he looks in the housekeeper which again is like you have a black woman as a maid or housekeeper like and you're this like progressive liberal family kind of weird yeah, uh, and she's doing weird stuff inside the house at that point. But even like the hypnosis scene, like that freaked me out. Yeah, that I was mean, nuts. It's, it's just basically helpless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's the ultimate fear, right? To be just not in control of yeah. your body and what's going on around you. Like, gosh darn. At that point, like the truth starts coming kinder to the surface, but. Yeah, yeah, but uh, what about the brother character? Uh, the the brother of uh, Alistair Williams' character, played by Caleb Landry Jones, who kind of comes in. And he's talking to him about MMA of all things. Uh, yeah. He's like, "Man, you would be so good at it. Perfect athlete, like stereotypical Joe Rogan style. Just calling the black guy a great athlete." Yeah. Uh, I actually thought that character was a little over the top. Uh, if I had to nitpick anything. Like, his performance was a, a little bit too much, I feel like. Yeah, a little over the top. The other ones were subtle enough where, like, r- with him right away, you knew, okay, this is, something's clearly wrong here. With the other ones, it was like, this is a little weird, something's off, but yeah, maybe. Yeah, I put my finger, I definitely didn't come to the conclusion that he came to. <laughs> yeah, like, you can kind of see, like, it's the same thing with him, where you're like, maybe it's just me. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm just reading too much into it. Yeah. But then it kind of gets worse and worse as it goes on. I definitely, I mean, the overall movie was incredible. I mean, every aspect of it, there's no real letdown. There's no bad aspects to it. Like you said, there's some over the top, but it doesn't mean it's bad. And yeah, the conclusion they come to and the way the movie comes to an end, it's, it's incredible, I think. I mean, it was, I think it deserves a very high rating. I don't know if it's 100%, but... Yeah, I love the ending with... Um he kills her and then she's like trying to pull off one last con where you make it look like oh it's this black guy just killing this white girl but it turns out to be his buddy who was actually like one of my favorite parts of the movie as well the guy was hilarious I thought (laughs) he was like the audience surrogate who's the only one that realizes like what are you talking about you've been telling him all weekend or all day or whatever you get the fuck out of there this shit's crazy man (laughs) (laughs) do you realize what you're even saying to me right now 
and white people crazy. <laughs> yeah, like he was an awesome character. And yeah, he comes to the rescue at the end. That was pretty cool. Uh, uh, only a couple other things I wanted to mention was like the auction scene. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, it is. And uh, the deer that they hit on the road. Yeah. Like I thought that was kind of a metaphor for his uh, his trip down there where this deer is like paralyzed from hitting the car and just staring at him like, help me, you know. Yeah. He couldn't do anything. Kind of like when he's hypnotized and he can understand what's going on, but he's like helpless. Kind of like that deer. I didn't think about that. That's true. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty much it. It's a pretty great movie, as far, especially a movie that came out in February. Usually not too many great movies come out around then. So Yeah, I'd give it an 8 out of 10. Yeah, I'm a heavy 8, light 8.5 out of 10. I think it's best movie of the year that I've seen so far. I've only seen like 11 or 12 movies that came out in 2017, but it's number one for me, and I think it – Chance it sticks around to my like top ten, yeah. top twenty area by the end of the year. So, good yeah. stuff, good stuff. All right, well, let's get on to our top five horror movies of all time. Like you said, this is your genre. This is your, this is your jam. Yeah, but, I hope uh, my top five doesn't disappoint anybody. <laughs> hey, if it does, it does. It's a personal top five. I am a huge horror movie person, and before. A lot of them, and with all of them, and I don't know, I, I picked some staples, and uh, I, don't know, I feel like I might be letting a few great ones slip by, but I mean, I, I mean, but what kind of horror movies are you into? I mean, of course, there's like psychological horrors, there's like uh, slasher movies, you got... like oh, I like psychological horrors a lot, um... I like classics. I, I, I really, I, I don't, uh, I, I don't mind. Like, I just, I watch anything. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, for me, like horror movies for me, um, it's not my favorite genre. I just, because I think there's a lot of mediocre crap. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like comedy, right? Like, when it's a great one, love it. Like, huge fan. But when it's, if you're talking to that, like, if you just pick a random comedy or a random horror movie, there's like a 65% chance you're just going to get mediocre garbage. Yeah. Uh, but when it's done well, I mean, super effective. That's kind of why I'm so mad about this new Netflix rating systems. I can't see what people think of other movies. Yeah, well, it's only like catered to you with thumbs up and thumbs down or something. Yeah. But uh, what is your number five horror movie? Let's get into it. Number five is going to be the Blair Witch Project. Blair Witch Project. All right. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I thought I was still to this day I'm pretty scared watching this movie. I thought it was very well done for the movie that it is. It started a genre of movie, found footage. Um, it. Uh, I think it did better than anything. Cloverfield. I mean, Cloverfield is I think pretty much more high budget movies than the Blair Witch of course yeah. now the new Blair Witch movie I didn't think was good at all but no I didn't like it either but the, the original Blair Witch I, I mean it started a phenomenon it started a new thing with the internet with its marketing and everything else and the movie did not disappoint I don't think I thought the movie was scary as shit 
Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I mean, obviously, this was a movie that had huge hype when it first came out because it was like, you know, marketed as this is a real tape that was found and all that stuff, which obviously is funny now since it's like such a staple in the genre. But I know a ton of people were like, that was so boring, that was disappointing because nothing happened. But I'm with you. I think it was really effective and it really was like a slow burn, building the dread more and more into that final iconic scene where it's like, holy shit. <laughs> you know. So. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I mean, it's a great movie. Alright, my number five is a Swedish movie from the mid-2000s called, uh, a vampire movie called Let the Right One In, which they remade in the United uh, United States like 2011 change it to let me in it's about this young girl vampire who shows up in this little boy's uh condo where he's living and he kind of befriends her and she's got this older guy with i guess he assumes it's her dad and and they kind of become friends a little bit and eventually find out that she's actually a vampire so she's much older than she appears and they kind of form this unique friendship and kid is bullied at school and just goes to some really cool places on there's not a ton of action in it or anything but it's like really atmospheric and great characters i thought it was a a really good one of my favorite uh, foreign language films of all time and if no one has seen it you gotta check it out yeah i'm not big in the foreign language movies check out the remake yeah i've seen it i've seen film lists and stuff yeah, I even think the remake was pretty not as good as the original, but pretty well done. And yeah. just check that out. It's called Let Me In. Um, yeah, it's worth, worth watching. All right. Uh, my number four is going to be The Exorcist. Oh, yeah. It's classic and staple in the horror movie genre. It's on number one in a lot of people's list. It's gory, it's profane, it's. It's everything you pretty much ask for in a horror movie. I've never seen it. What? Yep. You've got to watch it. Right, <laughs> yeah, crazy. I know. That's a classic. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's this little girl gets possessed by the devil. And, I mean, you know what it's about. But yeah. Yeah, it's, so it's worth, it's worth the hype? Absolutely. I mean, it's definitely worth watching. It's crazy. I mean, there's been a million remakes and a million adaptations and Cool. Uh, yeah, it just, I, it's awesome. The classic Exorcist is great. I mean, it was for its time. It's incredible. It's scary. It's I don't know. It's hard to even describe. It's it it grabs you. All right. I, I know I've been meaning to catch up with it for so long, but I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why I've been avoiding it, but maybe I'll I have to finally just. You know, give in and check it out. Yeah, don't watch with your kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, de- I definitely wouldn't. Um, number four for me is one I've talked about, and uh, me and Casey reviewed it on a film club segment early on in the run here. Um, it made my number one on modern horror movie list. It's a movie I would highly recommend to you. I pr- you probably haven't seen it. Let me know if I'm wrong, but it's called Kill List. No, I haven't. It's a, a British movie 
And it's like segmented out. It's like in three parts, right? The first third of the movie is like a just straight up drama about this guy. Um, actually, I don't even want to give anything away, but the first section away. <laughs> first section is like a drama. Then the second section is like a thriller, almost like an action thriller in a way. Yeah. And then the last third of the movie is just straight up pure horror. Like some of the most effective horror I've ever seen. And the ending is so crazy, screwed up, like mind, mind fuck. <laughs> Leaves you like just with the heebie-jeebies and feeling, feeling something, which is all you can ask for from a movie. And I would, God, I've said it time and time again, but you got to watch it if you're at all a fan of horror movies or just good movies in general. So that's Kill List, my number four. Nice. My number three is going to be Hush. It's a 2016 movie. Have you seen it? I've heard about it. I know it's on Netflix, right? It's about a deaf woman. Yeah, very good. I liked it a lot. Really? It's huh. frustrating at times, but... Um, yeah. I don't... I mean, the plot, deaf woman gets trapped in her house. Yeah. I don't want to give anything away, but... I mean, I can see how that could be effective. Like, you can't hear. I mean, that's definitely, you know, presents some issues when trying to escape. I liked it a lot. I mean, reason it really made my list because I was recalling the reason. I remember watching this yelling at the screen, like, you know, don't do this, do this, you know. Dude, don't you know she's deaf? She definitely can't hear you. Yeah, she definitely can't hear (laughs) me. But it was like the classic horror movie thing. Yeah, on the screen, yeah. and frustration. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I might have to check it out then. Yeah. I just thought, man, could it be better than The Exorcist, though? Um, yeah, in the sense where, I don't know, The Exorcist is good, but it's, it is what it is. Yeah. All right. Well, my number three is a classic. One that I have seen. Might even be on your list, but it's The Shining. Stephen King's book adaptation where Jack Nicholson, here's Johnny, you know, guy, cabin fever, goes a little nuts and uh, starts hallucinating, seeing things, and eventually tries to kill his family, which is pretty (laughs) horrifying. Just the, the iconic... Scenes like this scared me as a kid. The blood coming out of the elevator, yeah, the, the twins, twins. Uh, the woman in the bathtub. Oh my god, just nightmare inducing. Yeah, I mean, the twins really got me. Yeah, I've never looked at twins the same way again. So. <laughs> yeah. But it's a scary, that's a psychological thriller to the full extent. Yeah, yeah, and I, I just love that. You know, he's got to get back to work. All this work he's doing, all he's doing is writing the same line over and over again. Right? All work and no play makes Jack a... something. Yeah. <laughs> all work, no play makes Jack a tall boy. He breaks down. I mean, he starts seeing ghosts. It's crazy. Yeah. Pretty nuts. Of course, most people have seen it. So, yeah. that's my number three. What's your number two? My number two is going to be Halloween, the first. Oh, yeah, classic. Well, really the series, but the first is great. The second, I mean, 
it's hard to pinpoint one in the series, but I like the first. It shows like the origin of Michael Myers, and uh, I like I love Michael Myers. I love the whole series. The way they they do suspense and horror. Um, it definitely won me over. I when Halloween comes around, I look forward to watching Halloween movies every year. It never gets old. Even the remakes. The remakes weren't that bad. First one wasn't cool. terrible. I didn't like the second Halloween remake, but no, you're right. The, the first Halloween is the best. It's a it's a classic. It's an honorable mention for me. Yeah. Uh, just an iconic slasher guy with um, Michael Myers, right? Yeah. I mean, he's a child. He goes in like a psychiatric claim. Yep. So, can't go wrong with Halloween. My number two is definitely a psychological horror. It. Some people might not even consider it a horror movie, but I just remember being horrified in the theaters and thinking like, wow, that was a lot scarier than I expected it to be. And yeah. that is Darren Aronofsky's Black Swan. Have you ever seen that one? I've never seen it. Oh, man. It's so good. It's about uh, Natalie Portman plays a ballerina who is got the role for the lead role in like this uh, musical play, Swan Lake, and she, it just basically shows the dedication that these ballet dancers have to go through with, like, you know, taping up their ankles and being on their toes the way that they are. Like, it's pretty crazy stuff. And then, like, she starts losing it. She starts losing her mind just because of everything she's going through. And shit gets crazy. Shit gets real. Mila Kunis is in there, does a great job. Uh, and again, it just culminates in this ending where. It's just uh, crazy, crazy ending, and uh, if you have, this is you don't have to be a horror fan to enjoy this one. So I was gonna say I never thought of that as a horror movie. It's not necessarily a horror movie, but it's definitely got horror elements, and I'm counting it. It's on my list. It was my favorite movie the year it came out. I think 2010 maybe. So, and Natalie Portman won the Oscar for Best Actress, much deserving. Really? Yes. For sure. Alright, my number one is going to be Anthony Hopkins and Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs. I don't know if I've seen this one straight through either. You've never seen that straight through? No, I've seen bits and pieces. Um, I know the, the basic premise of the movie and all that. So, another one I probably should be watching. You definitely need to see Silence of the Lambs. Um, Anthony Hopkins is incredible, and in I think it's his probably his best performance. I think it's what it got him famous or whatever, but he might have been famous before that. I could be wrong. But I, it's an incredible movie. I mean, I know Clarice. <laughs> I know. It's incredible yeah. movie. Buffalo Bill. Yeah, I know it all. I just haven't, you know, watched I it mean, all the way in through. Baltimore. Oh yeah, I didn't even. That's a good point. Didn't you uh, did you? Yeah. I feel like I heard it before. So, it's yeah. Cool. Yeah, I guess that is a classic. Can't have held in Shepherd Pratt. Oh, okay. Makes sense. Yeah. But 
Yeah, it's an incredible movie. It's very suspenseful. It's very creepy. It's gory. It's everything. I love it. I've always loved it since the first time I saw it. I saw it when I was like 12 years old. I've loved the movie ever since. It's awesome. definitely my favorite horror movie of all time. Uh, you can't get on me too much for not seeing these movies because until this past weekend, you'd never seen The Godfather. It's true. <laughs> so, very true. <laughs> but my number one was also my number one sci-fi movie of all time, I believe. Um, it's Alien, the original Alien, um, directed by Ridley Scott, where... Have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen okay. it years ago. Agree with me? Is that the best horror movie of all time? Or is it, do you like it? Oh, yeah, I like it, definitely. Yeah, so obviously a lot of people debate between the first Alien or Aliens, the sequel directed by James Cameron, which is more of like an awesome action movie, which is yeah. great too, but for me, it's all about the first one where it's a slow burn horror movie where you get to meet this crew and they come across this unknown alien and uh, shit hits the fan when one of them gets uh, incubated or... or uh, you know, attached to the face, give birth. Yeah, uh, suck his face off. <laughs> yeah, and he eventually chest bursts and the alien comes out and takes them all out. It's like, for its time, I mean, way ahead of its time. Talked about it a lot on here. Super effective. I think it holds up. I've rewatched it somewhat recently, so love it. Love Alien. Think it's the greatest, one of the greatest movies of all time, let alone... Horror, really? sci-fi, period. Really? Yeah, I'd rewatch it if you hadn't seen it in a while. Wow. Very I effective. And they've been chasing that ever since. They keep coming out they with alien movies. Yeah. <laughs> so far, they haven't been able to. Even with today's special effects, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that great one. Just think for the time, like, that act, the monster in that movie is, like, super realistic looking. I mean, for the time. Yeah. But um, any honorable mentions? Um, yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Cheaper Screamers. Okay. Urban Legends. <laughs> Scream. Oh, yeah, Scream's fun. I got um, Rosemary's Baby. Uh, that's I a, that. Really? That's a classic. I... I think that's another... I'm more... I guess I like the psychological horror more as I'm... Uh, Starting to realize going through this list. But, uh, alright, so let's talk about what else we watched. We've kind of talked around it a bit. Uh, we went and saw The Godfather in theaters. You had never seen it. I had seen it once, which was for this podcast when Edgar Chaput came on to review it with us, which I think on our episode 200, I decided it was my number one favorite episode that we've ever done. So check it out. I think it's episode 67, but somewhere around there. Really enjoyable episode, but at the time I said it was a masterpiece, one of the most perfect movies ever made, uh, and I currently had it at number three all time on my top 100. Still great. Even it better. incredible. Even better in theaters. It is... I picked up more that I didn't catch the first time. I mean, it makes sense. It's a super long movie. A lot of intricate details. I'm sure even if I watch it again, I'd pick up even more stuff. 
like the finer stuff. Like the first time, I don't think I realized who Clemenzi was, but uh, yeah, still love it. It's absolutely perfect. It is a perfect movie. It probably, I'm not going to officially change it, but I could easily say it's my favorite movie of all time now. How about you on a first time watch? Yeah, it's, it's definitely very high up there. I gotta see The Godfather 2 now, because I hear a lot of good things about that, but it was an incredible movie. I mean, the way they put that story to you, it's it's, it's incredible. I mean, yeah. like you said, it's near perfect movie, and um, just the way it goes through, like, I mean, Michael Corleone has nothing to do with the family business. Yeah. And by the end of it, he had everything to do with it. He was the man by the end. And honestly, of my one nitpick, if you could call it a nitpick, the first time I watched it was, I thought his transition was a little sudden from like complete naive to the man, you know? Yeah. But on, yeah, a, on a rewatch, I kind of feel like it's more believable because, all right, so he goes from the naive guy who doesn't want anything to do with it. And then you really see that even though he doesn't love what his dad does as far as that, he still has a great connection with his father. And he's trying to protect him, kind of gets himself involved. And then he has to murder two people in cold blood, which eliminates some innocentness. But what I think it is is... The scene when he's over in Italy, right, and he finds the woman of his dreams, marries her, and she's blown up by a car bomb. Yeah. Like, that's when I feel like the flip switched. Like, I feel like even though he went back to Kay and uh, married her and is with her, and I do think he probably loves her, like, I think, like, uh, the love of his life was the girl that got blown up, and that was, like... He had nothing else to to live for except for revenge at that point. Yeah. And then once he's in it, he's in it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he's, like, talking to his girlfriend at the wedding scene, and he's, like, talking about Luca Brazzi killing that dude. Yeah. Like, I guess so, he's like, that's my father. Like, that's just, like, part of his element of becoming who he really is. Yeah. And the thing that I love so much about the movie is just, in this day and age, you'll never see character development the way it is done in this movie. Like, no. they take the time to just have scenes where Clemenzi's just cooking for everybody and showing Michael, here's what you do. And there's like these little moments, just character beats that would probably be cut in today's movies and streamlined, right? And uh, it just works so well. You feel like you know these characters, even though... It's just one movie. It feels like I feel like uh, the same connection as when I watch like three seasons of a show. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Like Michael Corleone was really sheltered and kept away from the family business. Once he was really let loose on it, it was it really manifested in him. In him. Yeah, but um, I'll, I'll give it a ten out of ten. Still, I agree. I'm not. Well, I'll go to nine point eight. <laughs> oh my god. Come on. <laughs> All right, I'll give it a <laughs> All right, good. Peer pressure works. Yeah. We also both watched another movie, War Machine, on Netflix. 
which uh, we might have a different reaction to. Terrible. <laughs> I'll just set it up first. Uh, this was the movie. I was actually excited for this movie because... So was I. I thought it was going to be great. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Brad Pitt. I'm a big Brad Pitt defender. Um, and the director even. I I didn't love The Rover, his last movie, but it was solid. And then Animal Kingdom, the first movie of his, was really good. Australian family drama. So the fact this was going to be like a war satire... I thought, all right, Brad Pitt, he can be funny when he wants to be. This guy seems to know what he's doing behind a camera. But yeah, I kind of agree. I did not like it. <laughs> there was nothing to it. Yeah, it was... I think, first of all, for me personally, I'm not super into satire in general, but especially yeah. like the finer details of a war, political stuff with the war effort and all that even though there's a movie that involves politics and war that i liked a lot in the mid-2000s called in the loop so i thought there was a chance but i don't know i just did not care or could not follow what was even being discussed what was going on necessarily yeah me neither like i was watching it with my buddy and we were both just like man like what is going on yeah and just, it's just endless Babble and babble. And the biggest sin for me was that it is not funny at all. <laughs> not one bit. And as much as I defend Brad Pitt, this is easily my least favorite performance of his. Ever. I mean, the parts in the, in the previews were the funniest parts, and they weren't funny. Yeah, exactly. It's almost like the trailer put him in a different context to make it kind of funny. Yeah. But in the movie, it didn't really land the way I thought it would. And he's doing that thing where he did it in Glorious Bastards where he's like that over-exaggerated southern accent with the weird look on his face. Yeah. But this was like a parody of himself, a caricature of of that character that he does. Like this was like too much. And maybe because he was the main character not a side character with it, but man, I just hated it. There, yes, I agree. But I, I did find some redeeming qualities about it. I will say that the one funny part was whenever he would just run. Like, he would go out for a run, and the way he ran, I actually thought, <laughs> thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> Keeps his arms down, and he's, like, waddling around. Like, this is supposed to be this, like, super awesome military guy. Yeah. Um, and the scene, which felt like it came completely from a different movie, uh, where... Lakeith Stanfield, the guy from Get Out, is this warrior who's, or this soldier, who's kind of just like cracking under the pressures of war and kind of loses it and just goes on this rampage. Do you remember the part I'm talking about? Yeah. And like kills an innocent bystander and puts himself at risk and everyone at risk and kind of breaks down. Like, I thought that was an effective five, ten minutes. Yeah. But it, why is that in this supposed sat like comedy, <laughs> like out of nowhere? Yeah, I was severely confused. Like I don't know the whole thing. Like by that point, I was just like thrown off. Yeah, the potential was there. I feel like this could have been good. Yeah, it seemed like a matter of execution for the most part. Because when it comes to me, like with movies, I need to be invested 
in the characters or the story. Like, you got to get me fairly early on. Yeah. Because even if, like, if I don't care about the characters or the story, I'm not going to care about your movie. Yeah, it's just, like, seemed like this, like, endless blabble of talk and talk and talk, and then they, they were going on this operation. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. But some people out there enjoyed the movie. I think it has, like, a 60s or 70% Rotten Tomatoes score, so I guess check it out for yourself. But personally, I give it a 4.5 out of 10. Yeah, I... That's... I'm going to force him so low me. I'm going to have to go with 4 too. Alright. Well, you heard it here. Not a good movie. It's, it's not good in my terms. It's not what I'm looking for. Maybe right, it is right. What you're looking for. I think it'd be good for older people who have maybe a government reference. I don't know. Yeah, I just... I felt like it was over my head a bit. Yeah. Alright, have you watched anything else recently? Um, yeah, I watched uh, Virgin Suicides. I thought that was really good. Oh, yeah. Well, who's in that again? Is that, um... Um, I'm so bad with actor and actresses. Kirsten Dunst? Kirsten Dunst is in that. She's a babe in that. <laughs> She's um, still a babe. What's, what's her face is in that. Um, uh, Angelina Jolie? No. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know. She's super young in it. She's, oh, yeah. Is it the girl that died? No, it's uh, I'll just look it up. Stars. Uh, damn it, I'm terrible with names. Uh, I'm looking it up. Hold on. <clears throat> Kathleen Turner, James Woods, Josh Hartnett, Danny DeVito. I don't know. It's uh, a 13 year old girl. I don't know, man. Trust me, you're going to be, like, punching yourself in the air. <laughs> but uh, how was the movie? What's it about? It's good. It's I liked it anyway. It's about these, I think it's five sisters. The 13-year-old commits suicide first. And then, I guess it probably should give away the whole plot. But the, the neighborhood is left reeling with their decision to do that. Okay, but it... They is Kirsten Dunst kills herself. Then how is she the star of the movie? She kills herself in the end. Oh, <laughs> spoiler alert. Um, yeah. Okay, Hayden Christensen. No, it's a uh, fucking goddamn. I don't know. Oh no, bro. But I've been meaning to watch the movie. Uh, it's, it's a good one. It's a classic. Like I had heard it on a lot of people's lists, so I watched it. I like the director, Sofia Coppola. I think she does good work. It's not one that's like on the top of my list, but it's definitely one I want to check out at some point. Um, yeah. But yeah, cool. That's awesome. Um, Virgin Suicides. Um, I watched The Fate of the Furious, the new Fast and Furious movie. How was that? All right. What do you, what's your thoughts on the franchise? I want to get your thoughts first. Uh, I'm sorry. You don't, you don't like them? No. Me either. Um, I haven't seen the first four. First one I saw was Fast Five. Did not like it. Fast Six I thought actually was a little bit better. I thought it had as it was so ridiculous that it almost was like made it good in a like 
or bad in a good way, good in a bad way. Then the last one, Fast and Furious 7, we did not like. Me and Joel reviewed uh, just almost so ridiculous where the cars are hitting each other head on. They just get out, crack their necks, everything's fine. Yeah, right. Like, just gets more and more ridiculous as time goes on. This is the worst one I've seen yet. I can't really? speak for the first four, but man, this is awful stuff. I just cannot understand how people love this franchise so much and how it makes so much money. This one. It... Sorry, go ahead. No, I said that's just crazy. Yeah, I mean, this one has Charlie Theron as the villain. And somehow they make her terrible. Like, she's just got these dreadlocks, and she's this hacker chick, and not used in an effective way whatsoever. Um, It still has the crazy, over-the-top, ridiculous stuff, except it's not fun. (laughs) They kind of lost all the fun out of it. It It's just boring to me, for the most part. Um, Yeah, I don't know. We might do a full review at some point, but I almost feel like I don't even want to, because... I was even a little bit of expectations I had. I was disappointed. So. I just, I don't see any. It's just the whole like good part about this movie is just the huge action parts, the explosions, and all this stuff. I just don't, I'm just not into it. Yeah, I agree. Empty action, even if it's done like well, that just doesn't get me far. It's like I, yeah. I need more than that. Yeah, for sure. I need to be invested, like I said before. And yeah, some of the stuff is pretty cool, the effects and just like what they pull off. But it's just empty. Like, okay. <laughs> I need to like, there need to be some stakes attached where I'm like on the edge of my seat. Like, are they going to survive this? And I'm sure for some people that, that that is there. But for me, I don't have the attachment to these characters. Yeah. Yeah, I agree totally. I gave it a four out of ten. I didn't see it. I'm going to give it up. <laughs> no, you don't have to score it. Uh, do you have anything else? Um, yeah, I saw a bunch of movies. Um, that movie on Netflix, The Place Beyond the Pines. Place think. Beyond the Pines. Oh, <laughs> what did you think? I liked it. I fucking love that movie. Yeah, that's one of my favorite movies from that year. It came out, I want to say 2000. Great changes. Yeah, it's a epic movie. Like, this is in three parts where it follows. You know, it's basically three different stories stitched together, but it's over a period of time. I don't want to spoil anything, but highly recommend anyone who hasn't seen it. Yeah. What, what was your favorite section? Well, that's tough. I don't know. I'm sure you're Ryan Gosling fan. You thought he was his best. I I think it's just the best. Dude. Yeah, that the opening third with Ryan Gosling as the main guy, like that is a perfect forty-five minutes. Yeah. Not just because it's Ryan Gosling, I think that is like some of the coolest, like depiction of bank robbery and escapes, and just the way it looks is beautiful. It's like, how, like teetering on the edge of doing it too much and too. Yeah, it's like cool. there's nothing cool about it, which is like. It's almost realistic, even if it's not. I, I even love the way it opens with the motorcycles in the cage. Um, I think each part gets a little bit less, but I, st- I still liked all the parts. Bradley Cooper is a big part in the second half. And then the kids in the last part I thought were pretty good. 
Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Cool. I'm glad you watched the movie. Yeah. That's what I was. I would saying, that was like a random watch on Netflix. Yeah. Good choice. Good choice. I uh, love Ben Mendelsohn in that too, before he was in Star Wars and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, I watched Mortal Kombat Annihilation. You remember this movie? Is that the second one? Yeah, the second one. I love Mortal Kombat. I'm a diehard Mortal Kombat fan. <laughs> I know you are, but what do you think of the second one from your memory? I loved it. I loved it. Oh my god, do not rewatch it then. Hang on to that memory and cherish it. <laughs> because I honestly think it's the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I had kind of fond memories about it. I remember it being worse than the... Fatality or whatever they call it. <laughs> what is it called? Fatality? No, Animor now. Animor. What is it when they turn into animals? Animality. Animality. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love the games. I still have... Good mem- like good. I feel good about the first movie, even if it's it's cheesy, but it's still cool uh, and has some fun parts to it. I stand by yeah. it. Uh, but the second one, I remember thinking, definitely worse <laughs> than the original. But at least it. Rewatch the first one. I tried to do that. That's about as corny as you can go. Yeah, it's definitely corny, but I mean, I still think it's at least they are trying, and. Uh, you can't. I, I used to think, but at, at least the second one, Annihilation, has all the characters, right? They cram in as much characters as they can. Oh yeah. But oh my god, it's terrible. It's unwatchable. Like some of the people that survived the first movie are different actors in the second movie, like and way worse. It's such a mess. Do, like I said, just cherish your memories of it. Do not rewatch it because you will regret that decision. Yeah, I, a, I bet that. It's a one out of ten. Really, one out of ten. One out of ten. Worst grade I've ever given a movie, I believe. And uh, I have fond memories of that movie. I kind of did. I was like, "Oh, cool! Annihilation is on Netflix. This will be cool to just pop on and and see these Mortal Kombat characters and." I was horrified. I couldn't turn it off at the same time. I'm just like staring at the screen in horror. This, I, ch- I changed my mind. This is my number one horror movie of all time. What? <laughs> More, yeah. It was like a horror movie for me. So Terrible. terrible See, one of the scariest things when I was a kid was this, uh, the scorpion scene in the first one. Oh, yeah. Get over terrible. here. Yeah, start out in the woods and go to hell. Yeah, it happens. Um, but I'll just go through. I have watched a couple. Um, Twin Peaks is back on the air after 25 years off. What? I'm not watching a new series because I'd never seen Twin Peaks, but I was interested. Have you Have you heard of it? Have you seen it? I've heard of it. Yeah, uh, I've heard so much about it. But never seen it, so I decided it's all on Netflix. I'll, I'll watch it. I'll watch the pilot, the original premiere from 25 years ago. And yeah, I, it's very David Lynchian, who's the man behind it. Uh, very similar to some of his movies with like this weirdness to it. Like there would just be a scene with two cops talking in the, in the police station or whatever. 
And there is a mounted head of a deer, like, on the table. Unexplained. What? Like, well, it should be on the wall, but for whatever reason, it's just laying on the table. It's just there as the scene goes on. And, like, that's the weird, quirky stuff that uh, David Lynch does. And it's all, I, I love that. I love it. Just, like, these odd intricacies. I didn't like love the premiere enough to be like, yeah, I'm going to binge watch all 40 episodes of this show from 25 years ago. But I, I just wanted to get a taste for what it was like. And I could, I get it. Like, it's pretty cool. Um, it's well done. It's a story of like a girl who gets murdered and it's the investigation. Like it's way before it's, it's time. What's that? That's older than me. <laughs> That's true. That's crazy. <laughs> but, it's like so ahead of its time because nowadays like true crime and these murder mysteries are all the rage and this was before any of that so yeah. give it props for that. I mean maybe one day I'll slowly make my way through it because if, if I was you know watching TV – if I was myself now back then, I would definitely be into it. So I know yeah. people are enjoying the new season. Apparently it actually lives up to the hype so that's cool. It's crazy. That you say that because um, I'm actually sad to admit this, but I started rewatching the OC. Oh yeah, I loved the OC. I liked it too back in the day, but I never watched all of it, so I started rewatching that. And how's it going? I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like a show. guilty pleasure, like a pulpy drama. Brings me back to like teen angst. Yeah, for sure. I, I only saw the first two seasons. I didn't see the third season. But, yeah, especially that first season is great. I mean, Chino and, uh, yeah, yeah the Summer, she's the best. Fucking uh, She's yeah. mine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, what's the the comedic relief guy? Uh, Cohen? Uh, or? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a really cool show, like a good show for, for what it is. Seth yeah. Cohen, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it definitely had its place in time. Yeah. I remember, like, Steve was big on it and stuff. And yeah, that's how that. I watched it. I watched it with Steve, so <laughs> shout out to you. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been rewatching that. I'm, like, still in the first season still, but I've been rewatching. Cool. No, that's awesome. I'm not a hater. Um, Bloodline, have you watched this Netflix show? No. You haven't? Okay. Um, you would like it. I would say check it out. The final season just came out on Netflix last week. Season three. Um, the reason they stopped it this season was because the tax laws or something changed in Florida where they were shooting it, and which just made it too expensive to continue. So it wasn't even like bad ratings or poor reviews or anything uh, like that. somewhere else. I mean, I could, but... It was such an intricate part of the show, like oh, yeah. the setting and all that. So it, it would have been really tough. And and it's almost a good thing in disguise, a blessing in disguise, I feel like, because as much as I love the show, which is this like family drama where in the first season, it's this family where a girl died, one of the sisters died, drowned in an accident, and it just really screwed up this family like the dynamics and and it goes off of that and there's a big event that happens in season one which catapults into season two and then season three like try it's almost like a snowball like 
something happens and to try to cover that up you have to do something else and it kind of just get in a stickier and stickier situation but uh <clears throat> see i i think it was a blessing in disguise that season three is going to be it because they're kind of repeating themselves where it's a slow burn in the beginning leading up to craziness and then season two starts and it's like again like this it's almost like the same pattern over and over again, but it still worked for three seasons. But I feel like if it would have gone on even more, it kind of would have got tired and uh, predictable. But season three, watched all of it in like three days. Really good. Um, not as good as the first season, which was great, but definitely an improvement over season two. And uh, went out on a high point. I had some issues with the second to last episode which felt like uh, at the same time they were wasting time to get to the finale and rushing to get through the story that they had to get through. Which yeah. is odd that they could be wasting time and rushing at the same time, but it kind of did. And uh, But other than that, I uh, really enjoyed the show overall, and we recommend it. You know? Yeah, I mean, I've got a million things to check out, but I'll put them on the list. Absolutely. Um, and lastly, I have... Quite possibly the greatest show of all time went out to season three as well, series finale, this past Sunday, The Leftovers. Um, I know your brother Dave watches it, and he agrees with me. I mean, <clears throat> all right, so I've talked about, I talked about it after the season three premiere on here. Wait a minute, is this the one where 2% shit happens in the town? Two percent of the population disappears randomly. Yeah, I've seen I've seen the first season. Okay, uh, what did you think of the first season? I th- thought it left me with not enough answers. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I would say you should continue with the show, but you know that's for you to decide. I put it like this. I put it like this on Twitter. Season one. Starts off slow. It's almost like if the show was like a runner. It starts off slow, but finds its footing and gains steam as it goes on. Season two is a full-on sprint because, in my opinion, it's the best season of television of all time. Like, it's so freaking good. I was so looking forward to and happy that they gave it a season three. That uh, season three is like a victory lap. Because season two ended on a point where they could have ended the show and been fine. And it was like a miracle that they even got a season three to work with. And they nailed it again. They knocked it out of the park. Um, The final two episodes of season three are some of the finest television you'll ever see. At least in my opinion. Episode nine. Oh shit, how many episodes were there? Uh, camera, it's eight episodes. Episode seven of season three might be my favorite episode of television of all time. And then the finale last night, or not last night, uh, Sunday night. I used to think Breaking Bad's finale was the greatest finale, series finale of the show of all time. Now it's definitely The Leftovers. Perfect, perfect ending to the show. You get answers. You get satisfaction on a character level. Couldn't ask for more. It's amazing. It's so good that 
Is, is that the end of the show? Yeah, that's it. it. Because the ratings are bad. Oh, okay. But, oh my god. This show, I've said it before. Whereas some shows like Better Call Saul and great shows like Game of Thrones, like, those are great shows. Like, make you think. Like, just from quality of work, you know it's a great show. For me, The Leftovers is like a religious experience. It's like everything doesn't have to make sense. You just take it in, and it's like heaven. That's crazy. Yeah, I would say before this season three started, even with just two seasons, it was already in my top three shows of all time with Lost and Breaking Bad. Holy shit. And after season three, I need time. I need some time to let it breathe a little bit, but... I think yeah. it's I think it's number one. I think it's number one. Wow. So with only three seasons, that's big. Yeah, twenty eight episodes only. So That's fun. Yeah, can't recommend it highly enough. Damn, I definitely have to watch it. And now I guess I, I have to watch the wire because you know <laughs> No you all you absolutely have to watch it. <laughs> I know. I know, I know, I know. But uh, I can't you've never seen it. You will not be able to stop watching it. I've seen the first ever episode. Well, just keep watching. It didn't hook me. It didn't hook me. It was good. Trust me, dude. I know. No, no, no. It's not like I gave up on it. It's just I didn't have time. It's 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 five seasons, and there's so much TV on now. Like, to go back, it's hard. So I will eventually watch it. Maybe I have to, like... Make it a summer project. <laughs> no, Big Brother's on in the summer. I ain't got no time for nothing else. <laughs> oh, brother. Maybe we'll me we'll have to find a way to like review it on here. So then I have no no choice but to watch. All right, yeah, I'm down with that. <laughs> I definitely probably my top two favorite TV shows. Yeah, and I know Joel. It's his jam too. So um, it's incredible. It's not like a Baltimore thing. It's an incredible TV show. Yeah, I know. Everyone sa- everyone says it's. One of, if not the best, greatest things. Because, ever. like, I mean, he came out with, um, Christ, what is New Orleans TV show called? Uh, Shoot, yeah, I can't remember. I know what you're talking about, though. Um, Trembe. Yeah, Tremé. Tremé. It's, it's a very good TV show also, but it doesn't compare to The Wire. And he's got a new show coming out. Really? Uh, about porn, the porn industry in the seventies or something like that. Yeah, I, mean, I think. Well, so. if, I would say if you're going to watch something that it's not that many seasons, the four seasons, only three or four episodes. Watch Boardwalk Empire. That is a HBO master, masterpiece. Yeah. Got to see. There's so much TV. I got. I have to watch The Sopranos. Like ah, so much. I, I haven't seen The Sopranos either. I'm not too worried about that. I mean, people say it's great. Yeah, I know, but... See, and it, what makes it especially hard for me is I have kids, right? Yeah. So I can't watch it in front of them. And then by the time they go to bed, there's the shows that me and my wife like to watch together and all that. So it, that's what makes it hard. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And if I, I want to watch movies, and yeah. So, oh well. I, I swear I will one day watch it. It might be when I'm 50, but... <laughs> Yeah, you know, I was before then, I'll be right. sure. We'll, we'll right. do it. All right, sounds good. Let's get to some trailers, some pre-judgment day thing we like to do from time to time. Plenty of trailers to talk about here. Uh, what, we're, what we do is just 
we uh, say what we think and we give it prejudge it like pre- predict what we will rate the movie or whatever when all is said and done it's just for fun we never check back in with it we never compare our actual score with what we gave it but I don't even know why we do it but we do it um, <laughs> right off the bat Game of Thrones keep it on TV tip uh, season 7 uh, trailer came out. Do you watch Game of Thrones? I believe you do. Absolutely. Yeah, everybody does, right? Now, all right, but before we get into this trailer, because, I mean, there's not really much to go off other than just, like, get hyped. Um, what are your thoughts on the show in general? What are your favorite seasons, characters? Oh, damn. Um, I, I, I have to say my favorite season is the previous one, just because... Season six... Yeah, it was epic as can be. I mean, it's, it has some slow episodes, don't get me wrong. But, um, the Battle of the Bastards. Oh, yeah. I mean... Me and Joel was, reviewed it. Um, yeah. I, King's thing exploding to oblivion. Oh, yeah. I mean... Spoiler Yeah, yeah, no more spoilers. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think... Coming off season five, which I borderline just did not like. Uh, As a reader of the books, I thought seasons one, three, and four were brilliant. Season two was good, but uh, a disappointment. Season five, outside of Hardhome, which is an incredible episode of television, I thought they really dropped the ball, and I was scared moving forward how they were going to do because they're straying farther and farther from the book, and it seemed like when they didn't have that material to rely on, they were not doing it justice but my worries were assuaged in season six because man they knocked it out of the park and it's one of the best seasons of the show i mean yeah you got john snow of that whole trilogy not trilogy but that whole saga of john snow and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um but what do you are you so you're definitely looking forward to season seven absolutely i mean We'll see what happens with a bunch of storylines. Um, there's sure to be a lot of action. There's yeah. sure to be a lot of drama. A lot of twists and turns that people don't see coming. And I'm very much looking forward to it. Yeah, that's the cool thing now is that it's a shortened season. It's only seven episodes, and then next season's only going to be six. That means they can put even more money and just make it as epic as possible, which is kind of... Yeah, yeah. like I said, last... last season had a couple slower episodes which were a little disappointing when you're waiting there every week for the episode to come out i don't watch many tv shows like that like week week to week week, yeah but game of thrones is exceptional definitely yeah and they just announced that season eight will will most likely not come out until 2019 no way. Yeah, but they said basically six episodes, six like epic movies, like they're really gonna ball out on it. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, it's sad to me because as a book reader, like I'd rather see the story told through George R. R. Martin's writing first, but at the same time, it's pretty much it's not gonna be the same. There's so many differences now, like. And still, it's going to... I still want to see it on the show and the book at the same time. I don't know. I have conflicted thoughts, but overall, I'm just excited for the show to be back in a couple weeks. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's there's nothing bad about the show. Yeah, I agree. All right, so let's get to the movies now. Um, Logan Lucky. This is Steven Soderbergh's comeback film, starring <coughs> Channing Tatum as Tito Ortiz. No, Channing Tatum. <laughs> um, shit, who else is in it? I, it's actually got a pretty decent cast of characters, and um, it's like about a con. It's like a, a bank robbery or a con movie gone wrong. Yeah. I don't know. Fucking, I don't remember what it's about. It's a comedy. <laughs> For, for me, it's like plot is never what I'm interested in. I all I'm really going for on these trailers is like, how does it look? You know, uh, you as far as go up the plot on these trailers, no. or anything, really, because they assert like, like if it's comedy, they'll assert their best parts. Then it ends up being a total dud or something yeah. like that. Funny. I'm just looking for visually. How does it look? Do I get a good vibe on it? Like, as far as the actors, like I'm all. Trailers, I don't care about plot. I just want to know if it's giving me a good vibe. And Logan Lucky was giving me a great vibe. I thought so too. I looked, it looked funny. It looked charismatic. They're like stealing something from a NASCAR race, right? Yeah. Yeah, it looked funny. It looked like it could be, um, it's not taking itself too seriously, but I feel like it could be, like, good as far as a drama's sake as well as being funny and lighthearted. Yeah, for sure. My prejudgment, eight and a half out of ten. I think I'm gonna love it. I'm gonna go much farther and go five out of ten. Five out of ten. You're gonna hate it. I don't know. It's just, I think the best parts from the trailer. All right, we'll see. I'm a huge Steven Soderbergh fan, so I have faith in him. Uh, he directed Oceans 11, 12, 13, yeah. Out of Sight. Oh, he's great. All right, next up we got Wind River, which is like, uh, it's from the guy who wrote Hell or Hi- Hell on High Water, Hell or High Water, excuse me, and uh, Sicario. This is his directorial debut, premiered at Sundance in January, about a cop who comes into this, like, Indian Reservation, I believe, to investigate a murder. And it's like this vast land where it's only her and this guy, played by Jeremy Renner, who she runs across. And they got to try to figure it out. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it's a, it seems like a murder mystery-ish type movie. Um, Jeremy Renner is some Alaskan local, finds a dead body. And they bring in the FBI. Yeah. I thought it looked really good, actually. I thought it looked good, too, yeah. I mean, it definitely didn't look bad. But I don't trust trailers at all. No, you can't. (laughs) It's almost pointless to do this. It's basically just a way to try to talk about movies that are on their way. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I agree with you. You You cannot trust trailers whatsoever. You don't know if they're cutting it together to look exciting, all the best, how much they're spoiling. It's crazy. Yeah, it's like you, once you watch the movie, you're like, oh, shit, that's what they do. That's why I take the vibe route. <laughs> like, just, do I get a good feeling when I'm watching this? Like, just a gut feeling if it's going to be good. I think this is 
I think it looks good. I think I like Ver- Jeremy Renner and um, Elizabeth Olsen. She's a uh, really good. Not as she's much better actress than obviously her sisters, uh, Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen, who played uh, the chick from Full House. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Don't know how to explain it. Wait, she's in that movie. Yeah. That's who that girl is? Yeah. Older sister of the... That's, not that's what I was trying to blow your mind with there. It just was a delayed reaction. I mean, yeah, I was like, heard it, and then I was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she's the Scarlet Witch in the Avengers. And, yeah, the movie looks good. Looks good. I'll give it a seven and a half. The trailer? No, I think the movie... That's what, I think that's what I'm going to give the movie when it comes out. Uh, I'm saying six. All right. Next up, Murder on the Orient Express. This is a remake, apparently, of a classic movie that I haven't seen. But uh, it's got a big cast. It's almost like a, another murder mystery where, or a game. It's like Clue, a game of Clue. Where yes, yeah. There's like 12 suspects, one dead person. One of them killed him, you know. And if, I'm sure it'll be the person you least suspect. But you got Johnny Depp in here, Judy Dench, like laundry list of great actors and actresses. Uh, you don't really get much. It's not much of a trailer, more of a teaser, I would say. Basically just giving you the premise and all the stars. But um, I'm interested. I'm definitely in- I I kind of like that kind of stuff. I mean, it. Might be cool. They catch Johnny Depp, so they got a deep pocket, so hopefully they do good with the movie. Yeah, I don't have a ton to say about it. I'll give it a 6 out of 10. Yeah, me too. Alright. Next up, Paddington 2. I was hugely pleasantly surprised by the first Paddington movie. It's actually really good. Um, Took Mackenzie to see it, one of the first movies she actually sat all the way through for when she was two years old and uh, I was surprised to see they were making another one but happy because I like the first one obviously and um, I don't know I don't think this looks as good I think it's going to be a big disappointment yeah I'm I'm not a big judge on kids movies but I mean the animation looks good (laughs) it's not it's for adults too man is it? Paddington? That's for adults, too? Yeah, adults with kids. Exactly, adults with kids. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I gave it a 5 out of 10. I actually was not loving the trailer. It looked pretty bland. I mean, it showed him cleaning windows. True. <laughs> uh, Alright, let's talk about The Mountain Between Us. Starring Idris Elba. No. Yes. Idris Elba and Kate Winslet as two people who crash land on a snowy mountain and have to survive. Thought it looked good? I think it's going to be good. Yeah. You don't think it's going to be good? No. See, I'm, I guess I'm a sucker because I think everything looks good. I think it looks pretty good. I like both actors and... Yeah, I don't know. 
You're probably right. I don't know. It's just like... It's a random... See, the one part about the trailer that got me was he said he's on the surgery to Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, anytime you hear Baltimore, your ears perk up. Yeah, but... I don't know. They crash. I mean, you get this off the trailer. They crash in the mountains. Yeah. Um, I just don't... I just don't see him vibing that much. The chemistry. They need a, yeah, they got to have good chemistry since it's basically just a two-hander. Yeah, I just don't know. I just don't think it's going to perform. All right. I mean, the movie that I guess kind of resembles it, Everest, I didn't think that was very good. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, what are you going to give it? I'm going to give it a five. Man, you're a harsh critic. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe I'll change my review. We'll we'll definitely compare it when it comes out. No, we'll forget about this ever even happened. But <laughs> I'll, I'll give it a seven out of ten. Uh, next, we have American Made with Tom Cruise. I think this looks great. This looks really cool. Um, it's a guy who he's working for the government or he's working for the CIA. He's a drug smuggler who ends up working for the CIA yeah. and drug dealers and Pablo Escobar. I mean, you get this off of the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I think it looks great. I mean, it's got Tom Cruise in the role. I think he'll do a great job. They've all obviously got deep pockets. So the production would be good. So yeah. I think it'll be great. I completely agree. I thought the trailer was a lot of fun. Um, it's directed by Doug Lyman, who, I thought was amazing directing Tom Cruise in Edge of Tomorrow a few years ago. Movie I absolutely loved. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. And uh, yeah, I'm glad to see them team up again. Tom Cruise is almost almost never in a bad movie. I mean, yeah. doesn't mean they're always great, but he's a, he's pretty dependable. That it's there's gonna, you're going to get something out of it. Yeah, for sure. It kind of reminded me of a mix of uh, Catch Me If You Can. And The Wolf of Wall Street. Like, if you could combine them somehow. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on this movie. I give it an 8 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 7. <laughs> Holy shit. Just till we see what happens here. I know. You got to be bold, man. Yeah, I'm bold. I'm bold, baby. <laughs> all right. Um, Castlevania. Netflix series coming out. I thought it looked pretty cool. I will say that the trailer was very creative, the way they put the game in the Nintendo, and then they had, like, Stranger Things and stuff in that font, and then they... That was cool. That was way better than the actual... For somebody that's, like, breaking into, like, anime stuff, because my brothers love it, like, I would totally be into watching it, because I played those video games as a kid. I never played Castlevania games, and... uh, I played one for N64, and it terrified me. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I just, I don't, I just know I'm not going to watch this. Because it's yeah. like a half an hour, I'm sure, episode TV series. I just, I mean, maybe I'll check it out, the first episode or something. But I just know I won't watch the whole thing. And if it was a video game animated that, uh that I was invest- had some kind of investment in, like a Mega Man X or something like that. It'd be another thing, but Castlevania, I don't know. Just like Castlevania and Metroid are two things that people love that I just never got into. Yeah. But anyway, 
that'll about do it for us. Thanks for uh, coming on here. Yeah, man, no problem. Man. Try to get you back again, and uh, whenever you need me. All right, see you next week then. Right. <laughs> no, but uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, rate and review it. Follow us on Twitter at the Redbox Report. I'm on Twitter at the Oriole Report. I'm on Twitter at Brooks Fallon. Like us on Facebook, and until next time when we review the movie Split, M. Night Shyamalan's latest flick. Masterpiece. (laughs) You heard it here. I keep saying that. I gotta stop. We'll see you later.